Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I want to hear cannons. Outfield, pull up, ball to the five, touchdown, Tampa Bay. My Gubbins does it again. Fire the cannons, Bucks. It's first and goal. That's picked off. That's picked off. And who else? Rondé Barber. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers may ride to the Super Bowl with that one. Third down, 18. Dropping Gannon, looking Gannon, looking Gannon. Those up with it. Hands in the Your final score from Raymond James Stadium as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers clinch a very important division victory and improve their record on the year to five and seven. Welcome back to the Cannon Fire Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Rip Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host from BucksNation.com, Evan Wanish. It's pretty rare that we get to come in here and talk about a Tampa Bay Buccaneers victory, but today we get to do just that, my friend. Evan, how you feeling? Um, okay. Well, I'm going to say something that is, might get a little... Well, it's definitely going to upset you, but uh, might get a little people upset. Um, I... If this team makes the playoffs, they are screwed. I mean, the best thing for this team is to just miss the playoffs and get the pick. Like, like honestly, it 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 is. They almost lost to the Panthers. Like, and I understand the weather in the first half. It was like watching the Army Navy game, right? It was just run, 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 run. Like, I get it, right? At the same time, though, if the Panthers even play, they're even a below average team. The Bucks probably lose today, but the Panthers are just that bad that it didn't matter. Um, there is no reason why against the one in ten Panthers, Bryce Young should have a shot to to beat you late in the game, and you have to call with a fourth down stop. Uh, so, my thing is like, if you're having trouble with this game, one, how are you going to do against? Yes, okay. The broadcast pointed out multiple times the only team that they play left with a winning record is Jacksonville. But, like, yeah, then they play Carolina once more. But New Orleans is better than, than Carolina. Green Bay is better than Carolina. And Atlanta is better than Carolina. So if you're struggling to beat Carolina, how are you going to beat any of those teams? And just as – I mean, next week is their season, basically. Like, next week is the Bucks' season. Um, they they have to win that game. If they don't, Atlanta has swept them. And then Atlanta goes up two games on the division with the tiebreak. It's over. If if they lose that game, and I just don't know how I can have any faith that they're going to win, so I came away from this game disappointed in Baker Mayfield. Uh, great for Mike Evans, obviously ten straight one thousand yard season was an absolute beast today. Um, was close to having two touchdowns was that that first one he almost had, but uh, you know I just I'm thinking of the long term thing. Would you rather have? your franchise quarterback for the next 10 to 15 years or get beat 35 to 10 in January and then be out, you know, a week later. I just, you know, th- that's where I'm at basically. And look, they definitely still can't make the playoffs. I'm not saying that they, they won't. I'm just saying like they had a tough time beating this Carolina team. And you could say, well, the injuries, the injuries are mostly on defense. The defense pretty much held their own, even though, like I said, Carolina you know you're not it's not really saying much but I just come away from this game 
just expecting them to play much better, uh, much better than they did. And I understand that this is a win, and I get it. And they snapped a two game win, uh, a two game losing streak. Uh, they 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 got a win. And it's important to get that win because if they hadn't, then this is a entirely different conversation. You know, then their season is done today if they didn't win. But it is disappointing that it, it took that much to uh, to do it. And uh, it, like I said, we'll get into all of it. There was obviously some good, especially in a win. But just there was a, there was a lot of negative tonight. And against a team that was struggling that much, there really shouldn't have been. I agree. I am also very happy the Buccaneers won their second game in the last month and a half, almost two months. Uh, and I'm glad we could start the show off with a lot of positivity here. <laughs> let's let's uh, You didn't say anything that was untrue, but we'll get into it later on the show. Let's talk about some of the top performers from today's game. You have to mention Mike Evans, obviously, probably the offensive player of the game for Tampa Bay. And one of the only reasons their offense had any kind of juice today he stepped up exactly like he needed to as a team captain this week. Seven catches for 162 yards and one touchdown. And for the 10th consecutive season, Mike Evans has gotten 1,000 yards on the season, making him the first and only player in NFL history to start his career with 10 straight 1,000-yard seasons. And I'm grateful that we got to see all of it in a Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniform. Uh, this is just another week in a row where I know it was – a pretty bad Carolina Panthers team. I know it wasn't the best Carolina Panthers defense, regardless of the extra reinforcements they got this week. Some guys back in there healthy. Yator Gross Matos, J.C. Horn very much involved today. You got to pay Mike Evans. Another week in a row where he took over the offense, and he's the only reason, like I said, you know, a pretty solid day for Rashad White, but he didn't get that big run they were looking for until the very end of the game there. So Mike Evans pretty much single-handedly responsible for the offensive success the Bucks had today. Yeah, no, I mean, basically, yeah. And and that the first big play he had was on a third and 10. So, you know, we're looking at if they don't convert that, I'm not sure if you kick the field goal there. I, I forget exactly where they were at on the field on the, on that very first one, uh, the, the first big play to Mike Evans. Uh, but it is funny that Carolina worked so hard to get back in the game and take the lead, and it lasted like three minutes of real time, like not even game time, like, it lasted like 10 seconds of game time um, because, yeah, literally just like that. Boom, gone. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I agree. They, they got to they gotta find a way. And, I mean, you know, for, for Mike Evans, like, he's a great fit in Tampa Bay as well. Like, and look, you could say I want to say he's a great fit in this offense. But the, the truth is there's still a decent chance that this offense will not be the same offense next year um, because – you know, if Todd Bowles doesn't win enough football games down the stretch, you know, if they continue, if they play like that, if they play every game like they play tonight, I'm not sure how many more football games they're winning. They they need to play better. Um, so Mike Evans is just a great fit in Tampa, though, for the community. It's it's where he's been his entire career. And I just think they they gotta find a way to to keep him here. I mean, you know, obviously within reason, and like I, I do think like I look books fans like I expect Mike Evans to hit the open market like he's going to hit frenzy most likely for the first time in his career. But um, I, I do think that when push comes to shove, I don't know if he's going to get the offers that are going to wow him. And I, I do think that they'll end up finding a way to, to keep him. So uh, this could be the final year of Mike Evans at Tampa Bay. Like you said, I think Bucks fans should be really, you know, feel fortunate, you know, and I'm not telling you exactly how to feel, but feel fortunate that you've seen 
10 1,000 yard seasons, 10 straight, right? Has never been in the NFL and had not had a thousand yards. <laughs> That's pretty incredible. So, uh, yeah, just, I mean, the best offensive player in Bucks history, uh, obviously. And, uh, yeah, he caps it off in a, in a big way, too. I mean, because he was, he was having, he had a lot of yak tonight, a, a lot more yak than he normally does. Uh, I think that might be some of the, th- that touchdown where he scored, that was, might have been some of the longest yak of his career, to be honest with you. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was good to see. 322 total yards of offense tonight for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Seemingly, most of it came from Mike Evans, but also in the first and the fourth quarter of this game because the first two drives, as we start to break down how the offense did today, the first two drives, the Bucs were moving the ball well. It, it was a costly penalty, a holding on Rashad White on the first drive of the game that takes away a big-time first down and ultimately leads them to punt, but they were moving the ball well. Second drive of the game, moving the ball well. Find the end zone on a big, deep target to Mike Evans for 40 yards, sets up a Rashad White touchdown. After that, we saw the rain. And then after the rain, we we didn't see anything for about two and a half quarters from either of these football teams. I, I think to start the second half, both teams ran about 12 plays for zero yards. And uh, up until that Mike Evans 75-yard touchdown, the Bucks weren't doing a damn thing. I, I think the rain ruined a lot of the plans they had for the offense this week, and it was affecting some guys. Jeez, man, that was it. Was getting to the point where it was like, is this like a preseason game? Like, like that's what the energy was like. There was just there was no offense. And I was like, this has got to be one of the most boring games I've ever watched. I mean, neither team could really run the ball effectively enough because you knew, like, the defenses knew the teams probably weren't going to pass. And when they had to pass on third down, it was either a wobbly ball or it was just incomplete or it was dropped because the ball was soaking wet. So, yeah, it was it was something. And it, it's hard to really judge that that first half. Uh, to me, I'm looking at more of the, the second half of you being up 21 to 10 and it still being close. You know, I just that that to me rubs me the wrong way. Uh, and if you're, you know, if you're a true playoff contender, that doesn't happen, right? The Panthers don't have a chance to tie or win the game at the end there. So, um, yeah, it, like I said, it's it's tough to evaluate that that first half, uh, just because, yeah, I mean, th- those conditions were were not favorable for any type of offense. But and I'm glad that the rain went away because if it hadn't, we could be talking about a seven three final right now. Because I don't know if I don't know if those teams were going to be scoring at all. And I even said on the Instagram page on like the halftime thing, I was like, you know, combine the weather with like two offenses that aren't very good. Like and this is what the result is. Like this is what you're going to get. Yeah, you don't get a lot of rainfall around Tampa this time of year. But not only that that was like a, a torrential downpour. Like yeah, it, it, it was, was a monsoon rolled through the stadium. I got some video updates from our buddy James Hill over at Mr. Bucks nation. He was soaked. Uh, he decided to not take cover and stay inside. So he stayed out in his seat. Surprised He didn't get struck by lightning all the way up there in the nosebleed section, but uh, he comes out unscathed, just incredibly wet from the amount of rain that we saw today. But luckily it did dry up in the second half. And that's where we call into question the offense today. We can we can talk about the quarterback. We can talk about the rest of the offense. I know when we talk about Baker Mayfield's stat line today, we can talk about the rain, but regardless of the rain, Baker had a rough day. And uh, with a lot of opportunities to put this Panthers team away in the second half of this game, the Bucs just couldn't do it. Just could not pony up and, and get the critical uh, conversions they needed to at the end of the game. And as far as Baker Mayfield, his day looks like this, 14 for 29 202 yards, had one touchdown and one interception. Let's not forget 
that 160 of his passing yards today were from Mike Evans. So if and, he did, and if, what, if, I mean, basically what the airtime on the one was like probably 15 yards and then Mike Evans did the rest. So, yeah, I mean, you know, his, his most impressive throw of the day was probably that 40 yarder to Mike Evans on the second it was drive. A beautiful of the game. Ball. Great, yeah, great it, ball. it was great ball. And uh, of course, the yak from Mike Evans on that 75 yard touchdown helped his total. But one of the worst games I've seen from Baker in a Buccaneers uniform. And again, plenty of opportunities to put his former team away in the second half and, and they just couldn't do it. Yeah, I thought this was actually his worst game of the year. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't, there were some throws I was like, man, like, what are you doing? And I mean, he almost, I mean, on that with the third and six or whatever, he almost got picked by, by, by uh, Dante Jackson. So it was close. And yeah, I, I did not like what I saw from Baker. His interception, like I said, it's tough to I mean, you could literally on the slow motion replay, you literally saw the water come off the ball as he released it. So, yes, it slipped, but, man, that was a lollipop. I mean, that, that was ugly. And it's now, what, four or five straight games with a turnover as we have a $10 super chat from Deontay and Sell. Uh, hey, guys. Ugly division win, team stepped up in moments. Definitely need our starters back. It showed tonight. We have to revisit Godwin making top 10 wires here money with his play of recent. Plus, the weather was ugly. Yeah, I mean, I just, like, look, here's the, I don't think it's not Godwin playing bad. It's just they don't involve him. Like, sure, if you want to take a look at him making top 10 wide receiver money, sure. But, like, that's a, a Bucks thing. I don't really think it's a Godwin not being productive thing. Yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, r- really quick, have your note on Godwin. Now I want to get back to the Mayfield thing. Yeah, I was just going to say, the last two, three weeks, it's also important to remember that Chris Godwin has been playing through injury. Uh, popped up on the injury report late in the week, one week, with a neck injury. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of been playing through that. He definitely yeah, he was, better. He was a game-time decision today. There yeah, was he, some thought that he wasn't going to play. He looked better today, but had a drop today. Had his first drop of the season last week against Indy. Uh, so he's playing through injury, but curious to see if the Bucks can work him in a little bit more here to end the year because that's what I was going to say. Like, they they haven't involved him as much as I really would have liked this season. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. No, I agree. And then he did get the touchdown today. Like, on the end of the round, he got the touchdown. But he only has he only has one receiving touchdown. Like, I, I saw that, but I was looking up some stats either last night or before the game today. And I was like, man, Godwin only has one touchdown catch. I was like, that that's crazy um, because he's just been so reliable for them. So, yeah, I mean, they got to get him going for sure. Uh, but, you know, back to Baker Mayfield, inaccurate uh, pocket presence. I mean, he just – and I understand the ankle might be bothering him. And actually, Derek Brown landed on his ankle pretty good tonight. And I was like, ooh, I was like, that's got to be hurting. Um, so I get that. But at the same time, though – he missed a bunch of guys, a bunch of open guys that he didn't throw the ball. And when he did throw the ball, it was inaccurate. So, yeah, I didn't think um, I, I didn't think Baker was very good tonight. The interception, ugly. The turnover starting to become more of a trend. The touchdown, it was pretty much all Mike Evans. Like, you know, um, but yeah, I, again, it's you're in a critical stretch for Baker Mayfield here. If you're, if you're him. Five games left to prove that you deserve a contract here or, you know, anywhere. Because, I mean, honestly, if he finishes with five straight duds, like, 
Yeah, if somebody offer him a contract, but it's not going to be a starter type contract because they're going to say, "Look what you did in the, down the stretch." You know, it's it's a what have you done for me lately kind of league. So uh, I, I don't, you know, I, I think it's really really important for Baker Mayfield and obviously for Todd Bowles. Um, I'm not sure how healthy Mayfield is. I would imagine, especially since he got rolled up on by a 300 plus pound lineman, uh, I would imagine he'll probably still be on the injury report this week with that ankle. Because I don't think it's 100. percent but again, that's not really much of an excuse for missing open guys um, and not throwing the ball when you see open guys. So uh, as, as we have amazement with a two hour super chat, how do you guys think the linebackers played today? Well, the linebacker, uh, the, the one the linebacker, linebacker yeah, the, after, the one that they had after KJ Britt left with injury in the first quarter. The only healthy linebacker the Bucks had was J.J. Russell, who definitely made some tackles today. Uh, but you noticed that the Bucks were missing an entire position group. Uh, you had Ryan Neal taking a lot of reps at linebacker, and uh, that's part of the reason Chuba Hubbard finished with over 100 yards on the day. Dude, Chuba Hubbard has to, like, every every year when the schedule comes out, he has to look at the two games against Tampa and it's like, that's where I'm going to make my money. Like, he kills the Buccaneers. Like that dude, I don't understand why the Panthers gave any snaps to Miles Sanders tonight. Because any time Chuba Hubbard touched the ball, it was a positive play. They just they had no answer for him. I, I don't understand. And then you know they have third and one and fourth and one, and they don't hand it off at all. Like I'm I'm handing it to him. You know I like, jeez, oh, yeah. That's why the Panthers are one and ten, I guess. But um, I, yeah, I mean I thought the linebacker JJ Russell he did his job. It's tough because like I said, I think this Panthers offense is just terrible. But um he did his job well enough and we'll see if they sign a linebacker this week. I think if you do see them sign a linebacker, I think that's not a good sign. Uh I, I think that that's a sign that Levante David and Devin White might not be available this week again. Or I mean, I would just imagine KJ Britt's probably not gonna be available. I would imagine he's gonna be out for a little bit. But um, you know, I, I don't know if that's a great sign if they do sign a linebacker, but they might sign one for depth anyway, because you know, we're not sure if uh, you know, David or White can come back. But yeah, I mean, I look, they didn't I wouldn't say they missed David and White. But again, it's the Panthers. Like, I think if they're going up against, like, maybe if they're going up against the Jets, it's the same thing. Like, they, you know, with like Tim Boyle slash Trevor Simeon, like, that's sort of the same thing. But like, if they're going up against like an average offense, like, I think the Bucks lose this game tonight. Like, it's just the Panthers are so bad that, like, yeah, like a lot of guys on defense played well, but like, was it challenging? I don't know. I mean, it's, it's the NFL, the professionals. I know it's difficult, but like, how hard was it really? Like, like I didn't realize how bad the Panthers' offense really was until I watched this game. I was like, this this offense like is terrible, and I was and what was worrying me, I was like, the Bucks' offense looks the exact same. I was like, this yeah. looks the exact same. Uh, Deontay has a two dollar super chat. Thank you a lot. Um. So let's celebrate their 10th Super Channel live stream. That's what I got in the live here. So thank you, Deontay. I believe this is your your 10th Super Chat to us. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Man, he wants us to be eating good at Wendy's tonight, right? Um, Winfield Jr. is playing like the best safety right right now. Hey, yeah, I mean, he hey. had a pick tonight, um, which, okay, nitpicking. Should have knocked it down. Should have knocked it it's, down. Would have had better field it's, position. It's it was a fourth yeah. down play anyways. <laughs> but I, I'm glad that he said it before I had to. Uh, for another week in a row, Antoine Winfield Jr. proven to me that not only he's worth the money for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but 
He's the best safety in the NFL, and, and I don't want to hear otherwise. I'm tired of you coming on here and telling it, lies. Again, saying that, again. Saying that I, it's, oh, it's Minka Fitzpatrick. It's Jesse Bates. I don't want to hear it, brother. I don't want to hear it. Jesse, Jesse Bates is fantastic. So He's not an Antoine Jesse, Winfield. Jesse junior. Bates had a pick today. Did he have a sack today? I don't know. Did he? I don't think he did. But I tell you what, Antoine Winfield uh, tied for the lead tackle. You must be. You Do you get a cut of the money he gets this offseason or what? Like, do you get like 2% of that or something? That's, why I'm, that's why I'm really waving the flag. No, I just yeah. I like him. I like him. You know, I, I can realize uh, a generational talent when I see it. And I really generational. do. Generational. Yes. <laughs> I, I think Antoine Winfield is the most say, uh, most most impressive thing the Bucks have had stroll into their secondary for quite some time. So I... I expect them to fork over all the money to make sure he stays around. Oh, yeah, he's not. Trust me, folks, he's not going anywhere. If if they can't get a long-term deal done, they're going to franchise tag him. It's simple as that. Like, he is not going anywhere. So Back on the injury uh, mend, I just wanted to mention it really quick before we talk about the defense. Tristan Wirfs, another guy who got yeah. rolled up on but came back into the game. Uh, that's, that's, that's not breaking news. Tristan Wirfs is a guy who has played through injury before. It's going to take a lot to take number 78, uh, 78 out of the game. But he's a guy who's potentially going to pop up on the injury report this yep. week. And if we hear anything, we will, of course, keep you guys updated. Yeah. Al, Al Bundy says uh, Anton Winfield equals $18 million per year next contract bank. It. I think he might get more. I mean, yeah. yeah, I think he might be seeing 20, like 21 maybe. like Because like the Bucks aren't going to – like if he gets the open market, I mean, teams are going to pay out the wazoo for that guy. So – I can't imagine the Bucks have any interest in letting him get there. So I, I'm not saying that like it's definitely going to be 20. It's just I wouldn't be surprised if that number is over 20. And obviously, what like the contract that comes out, you know, the the, the contract like the numbers or whatever, like it can be skewed. Like okay, he's making this, but um, you know, it's 10 mil in the first year. Like, so it can be structured in a way, but like, I, I think when you look at the contract, he might get a little bit more than 18 mil. Like, I, I do think that, uh, he could because, uh, you know, he, he definitely could. JJ. Yeah, Russell, okay. Sorry, Bates signed. He said Bates signed in March, 2023 for 16 mil per Winfield won't get 20. The cap's only going up, man. Like the, the, the cap is only rising. The 2023 cap is now the 2024 cap is going to be higher than that. So I I think that Winfield could get 20 million. It'll be interesting to see, but uh, whatever deal he gets is certainly going to reset the safety market. He could be the highest paid safety of all time when it is all said and done and the Bucks ultimately extend him. Linebacker J.J. Russell led the team in tackles today. Six tackles, two assists, one sack. Getting after JJ, the quarterback. J.J. Russell. You're in a playoff push. Like, can you imagine if you said that like in June or whatever? Like, yeah, JJ Russell is going to be the leading tackler on the Bucks defense uh, in a Week 13 game against the Panthers. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't sound like the defense was in that great a shape today. But regardless, they played well enough to win. And this isn't a high powered Carolina offense. We just talked about kind of how pathetic they are. But uh, the defense also somewhat disappointing today. I know that the pass rush was able to get there a handful of sacks today in the late game interception by Antoine Winfield Jr. Wow. Regardless, Carolina made all the plays that they needed to, especially on like a a fourth and six where they come up with a big time conversion. Was, I mean, dude, yeah, this pass rush isn't good. It's just, it's just not. I mean, okay, they have three, they have three sacks today. Okay. Two were by non-defensive linemen or pass rushers. The other one was by Yaya, Yaya Diaby. Great play, Yaya. But like Joe Tranchuinka, Shaq Barrett, like where are you? 
Like even like Vita, a guy like Vita Vea, like where where were these guys? You know, I was expecting. I mean, the Carolina offensive line has been just brutal this season, and those guys just they disappeared. Like I said, if that if the entire team plays like that again, like for the rest of the year, they're going zero five. Like like well maybe one and four because you might be able to beat Carolina again in week eighteen, um, but like you, you're not winning many more games. I mean they have to be so much better on both sides of the ball, and I'm sure like the coaches are gonna say that. Like I'm sure like this week you know Todd Bowles is gonna be like yeah okay you won but like that ain't that ain't gonna cut it in Atlanta that ain't gonna cut it in Green Bay. You might get blown out by Jacksonville playing that way. Like you know I just don't think it's gonna be good enough. So. While, you know, it is good to see uh, Diaby, uh young guy stepping up, J.J. Russell, who played a much bigger role than I think he expected. Because, I mean, K- you know, K.J. Britton had the green dot. He was the one calling the signals. And then all of a sudden, it's J.J. Russell who's calling the signals. So he has a much bigger role than anticipated. Um, you'll also have to wait and see on Sarasi Dennis as well for his status for next week. So, um, yeah, I mean... It's weird because it feels weird talking about this and being so down after a win. But, like, to me, it needed to be a convincing win, and now I'm left feeling actually worse about the team than coming in. It just doesn't feel like they're going to be able to win many more football games. I just don't know. I just don't think they're that good. Like, like Like I said, they are one less Vikings turnover away. From being four and eight right now, and not five and seven, you know it, it's it's tough. Uh, Deontay with a five hour super chat. Thank you very much. We're gonna be able to buy out the whole Wendy's man. Uh, I know it's Carolina, but the rush looked better today. Barrett was in on that sack and forced Young out of the pocket on the interception. Um, yeah, I mean, well, Kalijah Cansey was the one chasing and Bryce Young down on the interception. I mean, it looked better, but like get home, you know, like you, you got to find a find a way to get home. And I just, there's been teams that have overpowered the Panthers' offensive line, and I didn't feel like the Buccaneers overpowered the offensive line. That's what I feel about the defense. The defense did its job, but, like, this offense is so bad, like, you need to overpower that offense. Like, you you need to, to make sure to overpower that offense. I think Desmond Johnson was on, he was on our show. I believe that's the first time the Panthers have scored multiple touchdowns in a game since October 15th or whatever it happened against the Buccaneers. That's not good enough. That that's like, that's bad on the defensive part. Yeah. The defense did enough, but it's not going to be good enough to, I mean, look at the totals here. Okay. From the last few weeks, October 29th, the Panthers scored 15 points, November 5th, 13 points, November 9th, 13 points, November 19th, 10 points, November 26th, 10 points today, 18 you know, that's that's what all the defenses have been doing to this team. And you almost lost. So, again, I, I feel weird being so down about a loss. And I'm not trying to be this way. But it's just, I mean, about a loss, about a win. And because it feels like a loss almost. I mean, they need to come out. And like I said, Matt Matera, I think a Pew Report described the best on the show he, he did with Pew Report last week. He said, yeah, the Bucks had to beat the Panthers. But no, no, the Bucks have to beat the Panthers. Like, you got to beat this team. Like, this has got to be like, they beat the Titans 20 to 6, right? Like, it's got to be that type of game. And it, it wasn't. 
Like it was, it was pretty much close the entire time. They scored, okay, the Bucks scored to make it 21 10. You're like, all right, that's it. Nope, 21 18. Like, come on. And um, amazement with a five hour super chat. Thank you all so much for the super chats on that. You guys are in the holiday season, you guys are in the giving mood. Uh, that's true. Even an average team wins that game by at least a touchdown. Glad bleeding stop, but still feel the same. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, if, if the Panthers are the worst team in the NFL, if the Bucks are playing not the worst team in the NFL, the Bucks probably lose. Like they, they need to be much better. So thank you for the super chat though. Amazing. Yeah, I agree. Uh, that, that third quarter, you know, the Bucks go up 21 to 10 and they just unravel just enough to let Carolina into this game. And again, that's where you would mention that not only have these other teams been able to just completely neutralize Carolina's offense, they've been able to beat them. And, you know, it's a mixed bag. Like it's a, it's a, it's a division game. So if I'm going to hang my hat on, on one thing as to why this game was close, you know, you can never count on a division game being a sure thing. So maybe the Bucks should have won by 10 or more points, but it is an NFC South team. So I guess that's part of it. But, the Panthers are also the worst team in the NFL. So I agree with you. I was upset. I was demoralized when I saw the Bucks go up 2010. And I thought here in the fourth quarter, that's it. Like that should be it. Any decent team, any above average team is going to be able to put the Panthers away here. I, I mean, a team that deserves to be in the playoffs should be able to put the Panthers away here. And, and they just, they could not do that. They allowed that team to stick around for far too long and it's upsetting because the majority of what they were able to do on offense today came from Chuba Hubbard. And I know that you're incredibly thin at the linebacker position, but it was just defense was leaky. And uh, I, I didn't like it one bit because as you had alluded to, this is this is a terrible team. And it's, you know, I can be Mr. Positive. It is great to win one. Like our buddy Kevin from the office says, it's just nice to win one. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know how great you can feel about winning this one. But we look ahead... And the Bucks have another division game next week against a team that has already beat them once this year. Bucks going to be playing on the road against an Atlanta Falcons team who got a sneaky win today over the New York Jets. I think the final score of that game was like thirteen to eight. Jets are Jets are a lot similar than the pan uh, the, to the Panthers. Obviously, the Jets are better, um, but yeah, the Jets are a lot similar. Like defense is tough. No offense, like, you know, and I'm expecting a low-scoring game next week, too. I think it's going to be quite similar to what uh, the game was uh, in Tampa uh, next week, and obviously we'll, you know, we'll get to that then. But, um, yeah, it, again, winning this game by three points shouldn't have been that way, man. It just, it, it, it shouldn't, this is the worst team in the NFL. And this is the worst team. There's not another team in the NFL with two wins or one win. There's none of them. They're the only one with one win. So they're the worst team in the NFL by a wide margin, and you almost lost. And it just, it was, like you said, a playoff team, 21 to 10, the finals, 28 to 10, maybe 24 to 10. You you shut it down, right? You go up two scores there, it's over. Nope, not not this team. You know, that they, they open the door yet again. And for the first time in almost two months, the Panthers score multiple touchdowns in a game, only against the Buccaneers. Like, it's just, I, I just don't know, you know, the mo- and like you're one of the most more optimistic people that I know when it comes to this team, right? And if you're saying it, like, it's true. Like, even after a win, like, it's almost impossible to feel really, really good about this team over the next five games when that's what you see against a 1-10 in Panthers team. Listen, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I'm never going to be the person on here 
who says that I hope they lose. You know, I want them to lose for more draft picks. Like, I don't believe in that tanking crap. I think it's a load of BS. You play to win the game. That's what these players do. And that's ultimately what they did today. But you would hope against a bad team, they would do it in more convincing fashion. Phones are on, by the way, if you want to call in and complain with us, 305-224-1968. The meeting ID for this week is 837-1857-6038. We talk about the regression of this Buccaneers defense as the season goes on. Blame it on injuries, blaming on coaching. Uh, whatever way you look at it, it's going to fall onto Todd Bowles. So it's a perfect time to talk about Bowles' watch. Uh, he got a much-needed win today, and he said this week before the game he didn't feel like he was coaching for his job this week, and that may have been true, but we also know how the Glazers have a pattern of not firing people until after the season is over. So the Bucs get a big-time division win today. What does that hot seat look like for Todd Bowles? It's still hot. I mean, you know, because you didn't look convincing. And everyone sort of expected you to beat Carolina. Like, everyone kind of thought you were going to beat Carolina anyway. So it, it comes down to what happens next week, and then basically next week's it. If the Bucs win, they're back, you know, in it, right? Is, does that mean they're going to win the division go to the playoffs? No. But if they lose, it's over. Like if they lose, Todd Bowles will be fired. Not not right after the game. Like I mean, after the season. Um, because if they lose, that that's it. It's it's done. So next week is everything. I don't I don't really think this game changes much um, in the eyes of people. And matter of fact, it may hurt because again, you went up against the worst team in the NFL and you only won by three points. So it's just not a good showing especially at home i understand the rain in the beginning but again it's what we saw in that second half in the final you know 10 minutes of the game in the fourth quarter uh it's it was just you know not good enough not 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 good enough so i do think that uh you know i, I do think that bulls the bulls watch i guess um hasn't really changed much now i did find it interesting though that dave canales actually in his press conference noted that he had, I believe the quote was, an honest talk with his family about what might happen to when a team loses six of seven, what might happen to that coaching staff when the team loses six of seven. And I thought that was very interesting too because that shows me, all right, these coaches are like, they understand. Like, and like, I'm not saying Todd Bowles doesn't understand. Like he, I think he gets that if he only wins one or no more games or even maybe two more games, he's out of a job. Like, I think he understands that, but um, it does show that like, yeah, like they're feeling a little bit. It's good to hear them be transparent. You know, like you've had so many coaches in the past, just plead ignorance and that's fine. You can do what you want to do when talking to the media. Uh, But Dave Canales, especially has been one of those guys all year. Who's up front. Who's honest. Who's, honest about his mistakes, his shortcomings, and he has been so far this year. But it doesn't surprise me at all that he's the first guy to kind of peel the curtain back a little bit and uh, talk about the reality that this Buccaneers coaching staff faces. We talk a little bit more about Todd Bowles and his future in Tampa Bay. I guess that extends to the quarterback as well. I wanted to talk about Baker Mayfield and, and your thoughts with him after the game today. You know, I'll, I will say this. Um... As long as the Bucs still have a shot at the postseason, I think Baker has a shot to be the Buccaneers quarterback next season. But for him to be the Bucs quarterback next season, I think Todd Bowles has to be here. And I, I don't know how likely that scenario is going to fall into place. Because after today's performance, I feel the lowest I probably have about Baker all season. 
It was a it was a bad game today. And I know we said that already, but looking ahead to who's potentially going to be here next year, I don't know if Baker Mayfield's going to be the answer after today. And I know not a lot of people are going to like to hear that. And I still think he can play well enough down the stretch to secure a job, but that also means Todd Bowles secures a job next year in Tampa. Because if there's no Todd Bowles next year, I cannot see a situation where he's back as uh, Bucks QB1. Yeah, I, I think... Yeah, it's more likely that Bowles is back and Baker isn't than Baker's back and Bowles isn't. I just can't see a scenario um, where that happens unless like Dave Canales is promoted to head coach or something, which I would be shocked. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and, and look, like I know there's going to be some people listening to this that are like, oh, it's only you're reacting to that after one game. You're saying like, oh, you know, not sure if he's going to be back. It's combined with the fact that one – his play has regressed. I mean, let, 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 let's be real here. Today, right? was his, today was his fourth straight game with an interception. He's also fumbled the ball four times during that same stretch. I mean, he he has not gotten better as the season has gone on. You you are correct. He has regressed. Yeah, like, he has played worse. Like, it, it, it's been worse. And I think when you look at what could if you miss the playoffs right and you get a top 10 pick you look at what could be available to you in terms of quarterback in the draft and i just don't know if you're going to be willing to also baker i think he's yeah he's regressed but i think he's played well enough to earn a slightly bigger contract so like are you willing to dish out even more money to this guy now like you know to affect your cap even more and then maybe pass on a quarterback at number 8 or number 9 overall like because of Baker Mayfield, I like does this play warrant that right now? No, like yeah, but like it also like I was gonna say something like Mayfield has to play better, like or else he won't be here. But like if Mayfield doesn't play better, then yeah, it won't matter because Bowles won't be here either. That'll be a direct, you know, basically consequence of that. But yeah, I if I had to guess, I I, I still I still don't think the Bucks are gonna win the NFC South. Uh, I declared their season over four weeks ago. I'm sticking with that. Like I, th- I think the Texans game was the nail in the coffin. I, I do. I think this team just demoralized. They've the two teams they've beaten since the bye week are the Titans and the Panthers. They have a combined five wins on on the season. Um, two teams that are the Panthers will be picking number one overall. I was not the Panthers, you know, with with that pick. Uh, and the Titans are going to be in the top ten as well. So I just don't know, like, I don't think they're going to win the NFC South. I don't think Todd Bowles is the head coach next year, and I probably don't think Baker Mayfield is the quarterback. So um, he he does need to make the playoffs. I think that would help, but uh, we'll see what happens. It's our first call of the show. You're live on the Cane of Fire podcast. What's your name and thoughts on the win today? What's up, guys? This is Deontay. Deontay, Deontay, what's up, dude? Is this the same Deontay going crazy in the Super Chats? Yes, it is. Uh, Appreciate it, Deontay. We get to tell you directly that we truly appreciate your support. Thank you so much, man. No problem, guys. I'm big fans of you guys, man, since at least 2018, at least, I think. All right. Not positive, but big fans. I actually haven't got a chance to even tell Evan congratulations on beating my Braves because he's been out out a a couple weeks, so I haven't been able to tell him when I called in. They beat us two years in a row, so I was going to tell him congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank um, you. You, you, you did get the World Series, though. I haven't gotten that yet, but 
Yeah, yeah, that's true. But you know, the <laughs> Phillies look like they're built. They're built to be good for a long time. Yes, sir. But uh, yeah, about this game, guys. Now, trust me, I'm not. I know I'm 29 years old, so I've been a Bucks fan for pretty much my entire life, and um, I really don't like to get down on wins and stuff like that. Like, it doesn't feel too good to beat a one in ten team by three points at home in your division. But then again. It kind of does because I hate the Panthers, the division rival. So I really don't have no slack on beating them if it's by one point or 100 points. We all know division games are like very grimy games sometimes. Sometimes they're 10 to 13. Sometimes they're 14 to 13. So it comes down to that for a couple of plays in a, in a 50-minute game. So I'm trying not to feel too bad about winning. I wish we – one, you know, in a better fashion. I wish Baker played a little bit better. You know, the weather does take part, and I'm not giving him an excuse. But, you know, I'm just going to call it, you know, call it how I see it. The weather was, was bad, you know, on, on both sides of the balls. People slipping down everywhere. And balls are coming out loppy. And it was just an ugly, ugly win. And as Bucks fans, you got to take that, man. We don't win a lot. <laughs> we don't win a lot. So we got to take what we, what we can get, especially if you want to make the playoffs. You know, personally, I don't think we're going to go deep into the playoffs, but it's the NFL. Anything can happen. That's why we like, that's why we love the game, and that's why we watch, because anything can happen. Yeah, the Bucks are definitely hungry for wins this time of season, and we've talked about it time and time again. Only five games left on the year, three of those being division games. So the most important wins you're going to have all year are the division games, because that's ultimately what's going to put you in the postseason if that's where they end up. They're going to have to... I say they're going to have to win three out of four of these division games. It starts with today, but you're definitely going to have to beat the Falcons because if you cannot win three out of four, uh, then you do not want to fall behind Atlanta, who already has the tiebreaker over you. But Evan, your thoughts on uh, Deontay's take? No, I mean, an ugly win is still a win. Uh, at the end of the day, it's still going to show up in the W column. And for these coaches and players, that's all they're really going to care about. Obviously, the coaches are going to want their players to play a little bit better. And like I said, I, I think the Buccaneers, like, they, they know, like, they have to play better right? against some tougher opponents. Like, they understand that, I, I do think. But, um, you know, I, I yeah, and you even said, like, you, I agree. You have to win three of these next four division games. And, you know, you already have one, basically. Uh, but the thing is, if the other two are the Saints and Panthers, it's not really going to matter, I don't think. Because, yeah, that would mean you were swept by the Falcons. They own right. all the tiebreakers. So next week is everything for the Buccaneers. It, it really is. So um, hopefully they can put out a much better product next week. Because if they don't, then I think this is, it's going to be a, a pretty, pretty depressing uh, game recap show because I think their season would be officially over at that point. Deontay, your final thoughts before we let you go, my friend. Um, just to piggyback on, on what Evan said, yeah, losing to the Falcons would definitely be just devastating. But I know we have to go in Atlanta to win that. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure what Atlanta's schedule is, even if they do sweep us, if they, like, you know, if they win out or whatever. I think they have the Panthers after us. They play the Colts. They play the Bears. And then they play the Saints. So, yeah, we definitely <laughs> have to beat the Falcons. <laughs> we absolutely have to beat the Falcons. Um on the road, right now, they are a three-point favorite. Um, they haven't been playing their best ball, you know. So, um, 
you know, hopefully we can get Laponte and these guys back so we can just it's important, especially especially against the Falcons run game. If they don't have Levante David and Devin White, it could be a long day for that defense. Absolutely. If you're letting Chuba Hubbard get a buck on you, imagine what Bijan and Tyler and Cordell is going to do. And that's all they do is run the football. I'm yeah. not, I've never been scared of the Falcons passing the, uh, passing the football, especially since Ryan Smith and Brendan Hargraves has been off my team. When those guys are on my team, yeah, I mean, I lost sleep at night when it comes to the uh, facing the Falcons, but not anymore. Yeah, and I mean – I don't want to speak too soon because I don't think the Bucks are a team with the authority to overlook any kind of opponent, but the Falcons haven't been playing their best ball since they decided to put Desmond Ritter back in at the quarterback position. So hopefully that's uh, going to be the move next week as well. And the Buck can force a couple of turnovers, but be- Deontay, we appreciate your support, man. It's good as always talking to you and we'll talk to you soon. Absolutely guys. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. Last call for phone calls. As the lines are open, you can give us a call. 305-224-1968, the meeting ID on your screen. Let me ask you one more question. We just got an update from the locker room. Says that uh, Todd Bowles gave Ryan Neal the game ball for today. He worked as a oh, I know everybody's gonna love that. <laughs> worked as a linebacker for one practice and a walkthrough this week and was thrust into every down roll. Uh, with K.J. Britt's injury in the first half of today's game. Neil finished with four tackles, including a key tackle for loss, which I will give him credit for. But uh, <laughs> I, the people were going to love the, that. Uh, this, is, this, is, this is the game that, that the Ryan Neal haters have been dreading. huh? He steps up big time for his team this week, filling in in a much-needed linebacker position. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. But, yeah, I wanted to actually point, talk about what Deontay said. Yeah, so the Falcons had the, the Bucks in Atlanta. Then they, they travel on the road to Carolina. Uh, then they play uh, Hugh, uh, Indy in Atlanta. Then they're on the road at Chicago and then at New Orleans. Yeah, I mean, this is it. <laughs> like, you got to assume the Falcons are probably going to beat the Panthers, probably going to beat the Bears. Let's say the Colts and Saints might be toss-ups, you know, especially that Saints one end of the year that's in New Orleans. You know, they already beaten the Saints once. Are they going to sweep the Saints? I don't know. It's it's tough to sweep a division opponent, um, you know. But I mean, with the Panthers and Bears on the schedule there, and they would have two wins over the Buccaneers. I, yeah, definitely feels like they would need uh, to to win that. And on the on the, on the other foot, I mean, you look at the Saints schedule. As far as the Saints possibly winning this division, Panthers next week at home, Giants the week after that at home, at Rams, at Bucks, Falcons at home. Like, I mean, all like all three teams that are going to be in contention for the NFC South all have favorable schedules. The problem is that the Buccaneers have the hardest team on that schedule being the Jacksonville Jaguars. So that means that those two games against the Saints and the Falcons are going to be very, very important for the Buccaneers to win. So hopefully they can. Um, we'll see, though. Like I said, next week's pod can be it was either going to be one one of two things. They either are on the verge of saving their season, not save their season, because a win against Atlanta doesn't mean nothing if you lose four straight then. Like, it doesn't mean anything. So, like, it wouldn't be a guarantee that they made the playoffs or anything, but it would be they're on the verge of saving their season and turning it around with two straight wins or the season's done. Like, it's, it's going to be one of two things. 
We got a question from our buddy Holyoke Joe in chat. One final question to wrap up this week's post-game show. Evan, give it to me straight. Are the Bucks going to win another game this season? Uh, yeah. Yeah? They, they, they play the Panthers again. <laughs> well, with a 5-7 I, I, record. Look, I, I think that, yeah, I... I Realistically, realistically, I think two games at most, which would mean like if you're looking at like from a final six game stretch, them going three and three. Um, so I don't think, yeah, I, I think two games at most. I just, I don't know. I think they're going to beat the Panthers and then I think they're going to beat one of the Saints or Falcons. Like two, that's what I think it's going to be. Two games at most, which has them finishing with. A seven and ten record, which, if I'm not mistaken, is exactly what one of us predicted for this season. Yeah, predictions. I was I, I was six and eleven. You were seven and ten. Yeah. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how this shakes out. The Bucks' playoff chance is still very much alive, barring a huge game next week against the Atlanta Falcons. They're going to have to ultimately show up and play better than they did today, but ultimately get the win against a beat up Carolina Panthers team. Your final score from Raymond James Stadium, twenty one to eighteen. Ladies and gentlemen, that's just about going to do it for this week's post-game episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Thank you to our guy, Deontay, for all the support, not only in the Super Chats, but calling in and giving us some great conversation. Amazement717, everyone else who left a Super Chat and hung out with us in chat today, we really do appreciate you guys. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already for more great Tampa Bay Buccaneers content. We will talk to you guys on Tuesday. We'll wait a couple of days before we come back and do another podcast, hopefully with a couple of injury updates and some more Tampa Bay Buccaneer news. Also, also, uh, really quick, nothing asked. Is Dave Canales back next year? Pretty simple question. That's why I'm answering it. If Todd Bowles is back, yes. If Todd Bowles isn't back, no. That's that's it. Yeah. I, I don't see a situation where the Bucks move on from Todd Bowles and then uh, decide to retain anybody from the staff. It just, unfortunately, as good of a coordinator as, as Canales is and as much as we would like to see another year in this offense because it's been, you know, they're laying the foundation this year for what they want to do in the years moving forward. It's and the, and, improvement from last year. Yeah, it's it's still mean, not there, but it's improvement. He's shown improvement week to week. You know, the, the defense has regressed, and I'd argue the offense, even though today isn't the best example, they have figured it out seemingly as the season goes on. But a, a couple of miscues today, a couple of costly mistakes, still have the Bucks sitting at a, a five and seven record. So it'll be interesting. But... That is the show. We will talk to you guys in a couple of days. Find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcasts, best place to go for updates on the show. And, of course, Tampa Bay Buccaneer news as it happens. Speaking of Bucks news as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily. You can also find him on Twitter at EvanNFL and check out his written work at BucksNation.com. What have you got this week? Uh, Yeah, so got the uh, – going to have the – uh, Q&A with the Atlanta guy. I forgot who they were, forgot who they were playing. Uh, Going to have the Q&A with the uh, Falcons beat writer from SB Nation as well. I'm planning. I know I said the Devin White article was coming out last week. I uh, had some things come up. had a busy week last week, so I wasn't able to get out. So I'm aiming to get that out this week, and we'll see. If anything else pops up, I might be covering it. So stay tuned. Last but not least, you can find myself Instagram and Twitter slash X. At Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. But that's the show. We'll talk to you here in a couple of days. I'm your host, Rip Matthew, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish. 
21-18, once again, your final score from Raymond James Stadium. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers outlast the Carolina Panthers and pick up an important division victory. Another division game on the road next week against the Atlanta Falcons. It is their season on the line. We'll talk to you guys here soon. Thank you for listening. Until then, and as always, go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.